This is GWC Podcast number 357, recorded January 20th, 2013. In this episode, Sean wears a sparkly bandana, Audra questions Kat's interest in Hello Kitty, and Chuck might actually get to become an astronaut. Someday. But first, your hosts, three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap ass. And with me, Audra Hesse. If I had a nickel for every time I got boned at the eye of Jupiter. And Sean O'Hara. (laughs) I shall fart. (laughs) Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say or, hey, you could introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, and watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody. Indeed. Welcome. And I have a bone to pick with a certain person out there. Oh, yeah? Uh-oh. I need to quit mentioning this crap on the cast, actually. Cause, bone picking? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Are you picking your bone again? <laughs> Don't come in! Uh, you know, I, Are you I, checking on in there? <laughs> uh, I realize now that when I mention things on the cast, people on the other end are listening. Yeah, it's funny how yeah. that works, and, isn't it? Uh, so I was telling a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's it's a process. <laughs> and I was mentioning the other day that uh, uh, Shannon and I play Forza uh-huh. Horizon yeah. together. Sure. And that Shannon normally in like simulation style racing games whips the crap out of me. But I had her on Xbox because she was using a controller. Nice. Right? No problem. I got gotcha. you. So in the mail arrives the xbox wireless wheel controller Uh uh-oh oh wow and you know who you are shooter (laughs) who decided to even out and actually tip the balance (laughs) of the racing in my household yeah so she gets it pops it open she's like oh what's this she's like is this a flight yoke i'm like no uh yes she's like can we use this on forza Yes. <laughs> Why? Yes, actually. Yes, we can. <laughs> Crap. You, she has an earpiece, and she's like, you hear a little voice like whispering into it, like, "All right, oh. do this," and then it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm half a lap down. You know, I, I I didn't even finish in the top five. If because Shannon keeps coming by me and like tipping my car and then throwing me into the dirt and then just <laughs> wheeling around. So thank That's you, awesome. shooter. <laughs> Remind me to repay you in kind in some some way or fashion. 
but no, it was really awesome. Uh, I was uh, I was just floored by the the thing, and then Shannon's uh, he's in uh, in his little note. He's like, yeah, because gamer chicks are cool, you know. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Shannon conveys her thanks. I convey my vengeance will be mine. Ah. But, I will uh, destroy you. Yeah, it was. It's or been not. an eventful week. We had uh, we had Squeak's kind of kid birthday party last week, and um, I, I was trying to explain to somebody because Squeak is a, a geek in training, and she she has things that she geeks out about. But there are some things where she is very much a little girl, and that is Hello Kitty. Oh yeah. And uh, I tried to explain to my brother. I'm like, okay, let me explain it this way, because she would freak out if she she got she has like ten of them. You know, mm-hmm. varying sizes and plush. Yeah, we gave her a couple oh, like of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. plush Hello Kitty. And you cannot, for her, you cannot yeah, we have gave her too Hello many. Kitty, hot chocolate, a little Hello Kitty, oh, yeah, metal purse. With all of them, right? I mean, all of the, <laughs> she is surrounded by Hello Kitty. And, and it's like, I don't understand, you know. And she knows when they're missing, like her children, you know. If you, where's where's my Hello Kitty that Audrey gave me? Where, where's my Hello Kitty this? And, and she had a, and I'm like, Scott. Wu, it's Hello Kitty is a lot like the Wu Tang Clan. They're nothing to frack with. Okay, you cannot touch them. You cannot <laughs> They're like move Ukrainians. Them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so that's the closest analogy. Mother fracking Hello Kitty. Yeah, <laughs> do not touch them. They're nothing to frack with. It's just leave them alone. She knows where they all are because whenever you come to our house, they are they're they're everywhere. There's Hello Kitty everywhere. She knows where absolutely every one of them is. You can ask her. Where's this Hello Kitty? It's over there. It's over here. She's in the house. She's in this. She's in my lunchbox. She's in my bed. She's in grid 24B. Yeah. She knows where all they all are. So it's it's actually pretty entertaining. So now I am I'm away from from the uh the holiday season in general. Nice. They're they're all pretty much weeded out. I have a house full of Hello Kitty and apparently my wife cannot lose at Forza. So my life is is now complete. What was uh, Leslie Nope says in that episode of Parks and Rec, um, the hunting trip, <laughs> where she's like, guys really love it when you, wait, guys love it when you're better than they are at something that they love. <laughs> like <laughs> She goes out and tries to become like this <laughs> expert hunter. Well, Sean is is uh, really good at designing pretty skins for cars. Yes. Uh, he has never been an incredible driver. Yeah. No. No, it's not not his. You thing, will. So. I can tune and drive the cars and for or a tune and make the cars in Forza better than anyone I've I I know in my little <laughs> circle. Okay, driving them is a different. Ma- I just hand them to Shannon. <laughs> I'm imagining you and Shannon like as a an action movie pair. <laughs> You know, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith or something. Exactly. She's the driver and, oh, yeah. and you're like the car designer. Oh, yeah, I'm the you're mechanic. Like, you're like painting flames on the side and <laughs> she's the getaway driver. She's, she's using it to <laughs> evade the baddies and <laughs> all that, yeah. It'd be like the transporter except with uh, the goodies, you know, male-female pair. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me put it this way. I was a level 23 before Shannon started playing Forza 4 with me. That's as high as I could get in you're career like, now mode. Now I'm a level 6. <laughs> I'm a level 64 now because I just hand it to her to drive. I'll build the car and then hand it to her to drive. Oh, nice. And she's she's just like, oh, yeah, adjust this so it goes faster in the corners here. And I'm like, got it. I can do that. You know, she's like, make make it purple. You got it. You want Metal Flake in it? All right, cool. <laughs> you know, we'll design cars. Because purple cars go faster. Hey. It's, Metal Flake, worth five miles an hour. I'll man. spend an hour building five a car. A yeah, exactly. I'll spend an hour building a car. I won't spend five minutes racing it because I know I'll. <laughs> lose <laughs> well i have a quick update about the meetup i just wanted to let Ooh. everybody know that yep the meetup website uh, has been live now for about yes. a week 
Uh, if you would, if you're interested in possibly attending the GWC annual meetup. It is, uh, you, you can go to the galacticwatercooler.com site and there is a 2013 meetup link right at the top. Or if you like to write down huge URLs and remember them, it's meetup2013.galacticwatercooler.com, whatever makes you happy. Uh, if you go there, you can register for it, uh, which there's, there's no charge for the event. We aren't, are not charging to put it on. However, uh, obviously, you need to get here and, and, uh, and stay at the hotel and blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's information there about what we're doing and uh, what the event's like. We have some really cool roundtables for you this time. Uh, we have uh, a couple of events from last year that we've expanded into oh, really cool yes. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, my favorite. Last year planted a whole bunch of really cool oh. seeds that oh, are blossoming yeah. wildly this year. Indeed. Indeed. My, my, I think one thing that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Sean's League Olympics, <laughs> which is expanded this year. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's kind of expanded. Awesome. Uh, there's some cool stuff going on with it, and uh, uh, we're we're looking forward to, to that one especially. Oh. It was and other secret activities yes, yes, uh, more to be announced. Coming, but yeah, they, they kind of took the cuffs off. And and we get to we get to play a little stuff bit more some money now. in them and yeah, yeah no it's cool stuff and at a sweet sweet hotel yes, it's gonna be yeah. awesome you can find <laughs> us it's way upscale for us yeah. it's way it's cooler great. than we are no the hotel it's at the hotel intercontinental and you can see more all in the detail on the site and find out a lot by visiting their website and calling them but uh, let's just put it this way it is a really nice hotel. And uh, it is even nicer than it looks in the pictures, actually. So yeah. it's, uh, a, it's a pretty it's cool place. Scale place. They're and happy to have And yet still us. affordable for the meetup. Actually, that's so Sean's if, doing. Um, it, is, it, is, yeah. it is not affordable in general terms. However, the rate Sean managed to negotiate for you guys. Uh, is extremely affordable. So yeah, we've we've stepped it down a couple of times. Once even after uh, it was posted. Uh, so it, it's <coughs> it's pretty it's pretty affordable. It's it's about the same price it was last year for yeah. for a lesser hotel. Yeah, with lesser amenities. No and kidding. All that kind of stuff. Uh, two housekeeping notes. Uh, one, if you have questions about uh, like the rooms and all that kind of stuff, call a hotel. Yeah, because uh, they're super friendly and all that stuff. Uh, the other thing is uh, the bed situation with the uh, hundred and nineteen dollar price tag is going to be two double beds or yeah. two, uh, yeah, two, you know, the two queen or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, queen. Bed set. Yeah, if you want different bedding or you know a different bed setup, double setup beds or a don't suite, exist in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> if you want a different suite setup or anything like that, it's probably going to cost you more. Our rates only for the double queen. Absolutely. Uh, which is fine because a lot of most people double up anyway. But hey, it's uh, entirely up to you. If you have questions, uh, Juan at galacticwatercooler.com. He is the uh, front man for this and, uh, and we'll be handling those. If you have questions about the hotel, we encourage you to call the hotel directly because they have the majority of that information. Yeah, because if um, everyone calls Juan to ask about like, is there a phone in the room? Then poor Juan will be overrun. <laughs> <laughs> he just won't answer you because he doesn't know and it isn't his job to know no but uh, anyway it is really exciting uh it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun if you're considering one one last thing and then we can move on to the fun here in the podcast if you're considering staying in the hotel we highly advise that you do the vast majority of the events for this year are in the hotel uh, so so staying in the hotel is a big plus it's like a great 95 percent of them yeah now. like all, virtually all of them um, and, and the one activity that we have off site is actually 
like a couple of miles from the hotel. Yeah. So yeah, like less than ten minutes. <laughs> exactly. So it's awesome. Uh, it's a great rate and it's a great place and it's easy to get to and everything. Uh, however, our rates are for a limited number of rooms. So if you are going to book with the hotel, we recommend that you do it sooner rather than later yeah. because those may well fill up. And I think our uh, our drop dead date for the time they reserve that stuff out is like February 22nd. So uh, get on it. Yeah, actually, it'll be way before then because, yeah, it's filling up. So yeah. if it fills up, we might be able to make it larger. We might not. So what I'm, what, if you wait until the- You're saying if you want the special rate, you need to- Yeah, bottom line hurry. is I'm saying yeah. if you wait till the drop dead date, you may not get the You may rate. not get it, yeah. So, yeah. In which case, it will go up $40 a night. <laughs> yeah, minimum. So better now than later. And uh, on that lovely note, you guys ready for some news? You know, Sean, uh, you were talking about uh, Squeak's Hello Kitty obsession oh, and yes. uh, and how it's different, you know, having daughters and having sons. I mean, I, I don't have daughters well, or sons. It can be different. But, some some but, things can be differ. It doesn't, uh, it's not necessarily gender specific, but it is very different than I grew up. Cats, however, yeah, yeah, not sure. so interested in Hello Kitty. Yeah, no. <laughs> Cats, yeah. Although they have a purple kitty, They're which like, they, Hello Me. They do, but that is very different. Hello is Me. Very, <laughs> hello Me. <laughs> hello Human. Yeah. It's this person Little going. Little doll. Hello Human. <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, you know, after last week's uh, Atlantic poll, I started looking at the Atlantic for more uh, interesting a lot stuff. Of fun. It is a lot of fun. There's it's full real, of it sometimes, cool, but it's full yeah. of it in such an interesting way when it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, there's a there's an article on the Atlantic from about a week ago that's uh, I, I sent it to you guys because I thought you'd be interested. Um, there's this guy who basically has two twin daughters who are three years old. He and his wife, uh, two three year old girls, and. Uh, Ever since they were born, he's been on this anti-princess blockade. And he, you know, he basically, he writes this article about what it was like over the last three years to try to keep princesses out of the picture. And, you know, he was really determined that his daughters were going to grow up with these ideas about gender and, and being equal. And that, you know, he said princesses are about, you know, being kind of submissive and, you know, uh, submitting to the the patriarchy and getting a prince charming and focusing on looks and all these things and he didn't want his daughters to uh to get involved in that so it's really funny because he you know they have all these hand-me-down clothes that people give them good freaking luck dude yeah he's going he's he's going through the clothes i read this article and it totally boomerangs on him well I don't think I don't think worse. he's full of it. I think that I think he's writing the article a little bit tongue in cheek because uh, he knows how futile the whole thing is in the end. Well, okay, uh, you know, great example. Like at one point, he's he's like, well, you know, I had to kind of give it up because it made me sound like a, a crackpot. You know, no, 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 you were a crackpot. <laughs> it 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 became clear that uh, like I I'm said, tongue in cheek. He said made him look like a crank. Let me get it right. Uh, he doesn't look like a crank. He is a crank. And and I agree with his... He also says that his cold black heart melted when his daughters put on the little princess dresses. <laughs> and he, yeah, he kept calling true. them uh, ball gowns. And he would refer to princesses as little ladies. 
and he had, that's so helpful i know he had all these different names and different terms and stuff and they wouldn't use the word princess and and every stranger that they came across would see them and go oh hello little princess and and he's like uh trying to shield them from it and eventually the torrent of princess stuff just overflows and you know they yeah, the wave kind of crests over yeah. your head and you're just like, oh <laughs> he's no. like he's like you know princessifying toys that are marketed to young girls is like doping and cycling he's like if you don't participate in it then you're just out of the game <laughs> you know you know what i i think i think what this really said to me was that he missed a key point which is that we don't form our opinions as as children from one thing we mix lots and lots and lots of input you know and and one doesn't decide to be an empowered person because i didn't see x y or z but rather because i saw a b c d q l m n z and everything else and i i you know constructed from that uh, a set of self that was that was pieces of all of it that went in a direction that was my own right is yeah yeah absolutely and, and you know like like he talks in there about showing uh, uh, Sonia Sotomayor on 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 Sesame Street to his kids who I, who love it right, and she tries to explain at a Sesame Street level what a career is, which is actually really awesome. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember Audra? What? Yeah, she, a career is uh, something oh, that you plan for yeah, for a really said, long time, and and you hope and you hope to do for a really long time. Yeah, she said it's a job that you train and prepare for, and that you plan. Yeah, you plan to do for a long time, and uh, you know toward the end of the story, he pulls that back together and, and he says, uh, uh, you know, that his daughter says, I want to be a princess when I grow up. And he's like, but don't you remember what Abby and the nice lady said is being a princess, a real career. That's, you know, and that's what I always say when she mentions her new life goal, I'm reading from the article now. No, she said, but I don't want to have a real career and skipped off, you know? And I, I couldn't help but think what he did was he created this either or situation where she had to accept the princess stuff and 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 enjoy it, or have a career like like a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. And and you know as a child, you're Barbie you're or Sandra say, Day or Connor, take your pick. It's yeah. like neither. You know, it should be both and and a little bit of everything. And well, the thing is, you can't you can't do that. You know, yeah, you can't force kids to choose between exactly yeah. the entire culture. You know, and doing this thing that you think that they should do that you think is good for them, but it tastes like a bitter medicine pill to them. You know, they're not going to choose it. You could be uh, the point being, you could be a Supreme Court justice and like princesses when you're a kid. Or yeah, when you're yeah. An adult. <laughs> the thing I thought was most powerful, though, it was very interesting. I think he blames princesses too much for this. Yeah, but, a little bit. Well, I, I haven't said what it is yet, but Sorry. but he, I think he he puts too much of it on princesses. But he he says that his daughters are becoming a lot more concerned about their looks, and I think that that is a little bit of a problem. Like I know Sean that you have a whole list of problems with Disney princesses, and that's what made me interested in this piece, you know. But um, you know, because on an earlier podcast we brought this up, but. It does concern me a little bit. You know, I, I think that princess, the whole princess culture does contribute to that, you know, little girls being too concerned about their looks. Um, I don't think princesses are the only things that do that, you know. Well, case in point, there, well, the, let me do this. Two things. One, um, there are, if you're a parent concerned about that, there are some Disney princesses that are actually pretty good role models. Uh, they're the later ones. Um, princess Leia. Triana. Uh, or Tiana from The Princess and the Frog uh, is really cool. 
Uh, she's all about working for what you get and understanding the consequences of not working and all that kind of thing. And she's the one who teaches the prince that he's a layabout good for nothing and uh, that you want something interesting and, and worthwhile, you have to work <laughs> for it. She's a lifetime princess. <laughs> awesome. she's, she's actually pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, uh, Rapunzel from, from, um, Tangled. from Tangled is oh, yeah. an excellent example yeah. of a decent princess. Uh, if you're looking a little bit older, Pocahontas uh, at least has some good family values, you know, and and she does some good things. Uh, but the best one I've seen so far that Squeak really loves is uh, called Sophia the First, and it's for kids of her age, you know, toddler to, you know, kindergarten type stuff. And uh, she is a princess in training, basically. And she has to learn about how to treat people and how to do good things and, and learn skills. Like, everybody needs skills. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, you need to learn how things work and everything, and that's what she does. Unnersing the power of princess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good. Yeah, and it really works out. So there's some really also brave uh, from uh, Pixar. Yeah. Um, I need to see that. She Which is, is out now on. Yeah, uh, we oh, had yeah. it on DVD. Yeah. Uh, Shannon had it the day it came out. I mean, it was it, it really speaks to her in the way Ratatouille speaks to me, but because uh, it's about mothers and daughters. Uh, but it's she is. It's definitely, I mean, if, if my wife was ever a princess, she would be that one, you know? Uh, but the, so there are some Disney princesses that if you're a little princess gun shy, they might work for you. Uh, but I'll tell you the, if you try and cause I was really nervous about this too, you know, the, the whole, it's like, Oh gosh, and she's, she's just going to Grom help me. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm going to be in a day with princess stuff and you are, but, uh, I don't know if it's just how she grew, she's growing up or what she's doing, but Squeak takes a very different approach. Um, she kind of combines all of that stuff. She likes princess stuff because it's pretty, right? She likes wearing a tiara. She likes wearing a fancy dress that sparkles because it's pretty. Um, she also has a great love of music and everything. So her favorite things to do is put her snow boots on, which are fluffy, and she loves them. Uh, put a pink princessy sparkle dress on get the uh the rock princess guitar that she got for christmas a tiara and put on the bangles uh we have the bangles live in concert who is her favorite band and stand on the table with a microphone and a guitar strapped around her neck and sing at the top of her lungs while she has a you know the floor tom <laughs> with drum. the tiara and the dress and the boots <laughs> with the tiara That's dress cool. <laughs> the boots the guitar uh, the floor tom and everything she's beating on the drum playing the, the guitar and everything and singing in this giant microphone to the Bengals and I'm like what are you doing she's like I'm a rock, I'm a princess rock star daddy I'm like all right can't enough. you see awesome so how does that work I'm like so what's the princess part uh, sparkly I'm like okay. Uh, so, uh, the other stuff, well, I don't have a band daddy, so I'm just going to have to rock out by myself. (laughs) What an awesome attitude. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, all right, you want daddy to help? Okay. (laughs) So I have a, uh, a princess sparkly ribbon that I tie around as a headband. Nice. And uh, she's like, now you're part of the band daddy. (laughs) Do you get to be Debbie? Uh, yes. Apparently that is my position because she can't hold the guitar and the microphone and play the drum. So she's got a a guitar strung around her, a a drumstick and a microphone. She's she's just too many hands. So she hands me the drumsticks. Awesome. Uh, but she's integrated that into her, her daily life. You know, uh, like the princesses all have to have things they do, you know, for, for Kay. I'm like, 
Yeah, so it may not be a damaging thing. No, I mean, I'm just like, so a, is she a princess? Well, yes, Daddy. That's just what she is. That's not what she does. Like, <laughs> okay. That's cool. All right. Good answer. Good talk. <laughs> you know, that's really, that's funny because I actually had this dream last night. It's not news, obviously, but I had this dream last night that Robin, the Swedish musician, uh, came to town and was going to put on a show here. And for some reason, like whoever was organizing the event, just like it fell apart and nobody came and there was no band. That would never happen. I know. I know. <laughs> and like there was no band to play for her. And she was standing up on stage and she's like, Audrey, can you help me? She was like, what's going on, y'all? Like, uh, like we're going to put on a show and everyone's like, uh, you know, and people were kind of milling around in this like uh, gymnasium or whatever and, and kind of wandering out. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? And I was trying to get Chuck. I'm like, Chuck, dance with me, you know? And he's like, uh, maybe, you know? <laughs> like, mm. And uh, she's like, all right, well, I'm going to need some help. I need a band up here, you know, if anyone could help me out. So, like, a bunch of us, like, ran up on the stage, and I'm like, this one guy's like, well, I know all the drum parts. And I'm like, all right, well, you can do that, you know? And I got stuck on keys, and I'm like, all right, well, I, I'm sure I can figure something out. And she's like, does everybody know this song? And she named a song I've never heard. And everyone's like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like the count up, you know, the, the drums start clicking and the music starts. And I'm like, uh, was like I'm like, what key is this? A what? <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, I ruined Robin's show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is. <laughs> so she grabbed a guitar and got crowd surfing yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Everything was fine. <laughs> yeah. Squeak is a big Robin fan and pink. And just, I know she loves pink. Last time uh, she was over here, uh, we were talking about music. music and I'm, on, like, yeah. I'm like, let's put some music on. And I'm like, is there anything you want to hear? And she's like, pink. pink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have any. Yeah, she likes pink and Robin and Kelly Clarkson and just any uh, Bengals, any nice. any woman centric kind of group or, or awesome. person or something like that. She She's really into. Hey, I should I should mention. um Audra and I did this cool run yesterday. Oh, yeah. This was sweet. You, that we uh, thought other people might enjoy. Yeah, the electric run in Dallas. It's uh, it's called a 5K. You know, I don't think it's it like was 2. really. Miles, yeah, whatever. it ended up being a little short, but it was awesome. It's this thing, um, and it was a lot of high school kids, which was really cool. But basically, it's at night, and they have, uh, they, they light up the whole way with like, um, like Chinese lanterns. Oh, they the do that in Christmas and, in Frisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, what this is, like, yeah. it, it was down in Fair Park, right? Yeah. And and they, they kind Downtown of... Downtown Dallas. Yeah, they, they, like, took the... They had this route that went around and through everything, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, like, they did everything from, like, big glowing, like... Uh, um, I don't know what do you call it? like glowing like inflatable balloons yeah, with, arches, with lights inside them. Yeah, and, arches uh, and 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 upside you know, down umbrellas in trees that were all lit up and yes, yeah, so, uh, smoke machines like uh, um, they had this one section that had like Chinese lanterns. It made a tunnel that you ran through. People and, might remember from the meetup. Uh, I think it was in 2011. Uh, we went down to the science museum and saw the yeah, animatronic dinosaurs and stuff. It was down in that area where they have all those walkways and museums. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, and uh, and then they had, of course, pump and loud music the whole time, which yeah, is awesome, it, by the way. It was like a, a run rave. 
Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was wearing like glow necklaces L-wire. and wire and L wire and, and glow bracelets and had glow sticks and, and like everything was fluorescent and all different colors and stuff. And, and it's dark out and you're running on these paths and it's just like, boom, doo, boom, doo, it was boom, awesome. Doo, you know, the music <laughs> and, and yeah, there are all these people jogging around. Imagine the it's and, the stuff you would like to listen to when you're running anyway, except you don't have to have headphones or anything. Oh, it was so fun. And I think they do it in a whole bunch of different cities. So if you are interested you know, there are a lot of people, like all kinds of people who, you know, some people you could tell were like, you know, runners, but there are a lot of people who were just doing it for fun. You don't really have to be a runner to do it, you know. And you know it's what's a blast. funny? Chuck from 2005 would think 2013 Chuck is a pod person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of you. I just, this is, it's, it's like, and we were doing this and it was like a run rave and there was like glowy <laughs> sticks. It was awesome. There was charging music. We were running around and it was awesome. I, I, eight years ago, I could have never expected that statement to come out of your mouth. Let me tell you, man. I mean, it's a hard one too, because there are times where anybody has gone through big changes in their life. probably knows how this is. It's like the things you enjoy change. It's actually really difficult. Yeah. Because like you can't just go do the things you used to do because they're not fun anymore. Yeah. And and the, you have to find new things. And Audrey and I were like super happy because we did this and and uh, didn't know exactly. It was how it's like we turn went out. out on a Saturday night, you know. You know? And it was <laughs> we went out. It was, yeah. it, it was like we were like running with the, our glow necklaces and everything. I, I had would, I had two like stuck in my headband. Oh, I had awesome. a little headband like ear warmers because it was a little bit cool out. And I had two of them stuck in either side. They looked like, antenna. like antenna. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome if you could imagine. We're like waiting for the start and we're all piled up against the start when they started in like groups of about seven hundred people. There were about six thousand there doing it. Nice. And, uh, and of course that's where the music is the best, right? So that, and, and around the little pool with the swans, you know, uh, the place. So it's like the music's going and everybody's, everybody's like, jumping up and down and stuff. Yeah. And having a good time. Cause that's what you're there for, right? Oh, hell yeah. So you can, you got a picture Audra, like with L wire all over. She had evil L wire, by the way. <laughs> Well, oh, I had that like orange, she had orange yeah, yeah. wire, like, <laughs> like, uh, and and Sark her little, and, oh hell yeah, very Sark, non nontron, and Rinsler, right? Yeah, Rinsler, Rinsler, yeah, Rinsler, yeah, yeah. I I, I had blue L wire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. But uh, I would run in orange. She was like, you know, she's like bouncing. <laughs> like before the start, it was awesome. She was like bouncing off the walls. It was sweet. Little like, antenna, like she was a little antenna going like that, you know. And I watched the Bengals in a spangly headband, and <laughs> yeah, hey, that's, that's cool too. I mean, I was blown away by how how cool everybody was. Like everybody was having a good time. You know, everybody everybody was, was doing friendly. Thing. Yeah, you know, there weren't people who were like, "I gotta make my time," and there weren't people like, no, no. like like blocking the whole way for people that did want to run, and and everybody was just absolutely having a good time. Nice. There were these high school boys uh, behind us in line when we first got started. And this guy's, this kid is like maybe 16. He's like, these lights look so cool. They remind me of Tron. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. There were a lot of thinking shirts, you know, the, uh, the yeah, equalizer the one with, like, the, shirt. The graphic equalizer that kind of, that's all lit up. And, nice. You know, they had that going on. And anyway, highly recommended if you're, if you're. If you want to do a run event that's, you know, easy and low, low yeah. pressure and not competitive and just fun. Yeah, and incidentally, you can walk the whole thing in under oh, an yeah. hour, so yeah. it's it's not like a you don't have to be in any kind of shape to do it. Just go have fun; it's fine. You know, good thing. Awesome. Well, I have some. Uh, uh, you know, I love the retro shows that are kind of 
They the take outro. stuff from our our uh, our childhood and just make them into shows. Have you guys seen the? Uh, it's on FX, so I'm I'm sure catch it soon because it'll just <laughs> be gone. But uh, it's called the, the Brownian Amer- motion of <laughs> exactly. Things. It's called the Americans. No, no. Have you guys heard of this? No. Uh, 1980s, a fictional pair of spies are going into Russia. They can no longer speak English. They can no longer be English. They must appear as Russian, and they are going to spy on the Russians in Cold War Russia. And the whole thing is about how okay. they deal with with that that situation. If you guys haven't seen the trailer for this, it looks awesome. Is it a comedy? No. Okay. <laughs> really? I, thought, no. I thought the way you per- like initially set it no, up that it was I'm like, com- like, it doesn't I, sound like a comedy. I, I love- <laughs> No, I just I love that that kind of um, that retro because a lot of times you'll see the the Cold War stuff and it winds up reminding you of like I don't know Firefox yeah 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 or something you know I'm what I'm you, saying I'm with you but Movie this does not hold up yeah it does not it does not work this is kind of the the modern take on on Cold War spying and all that stuff and it's think of Sounds it sort of like cool, a cross actually. between Born and uh, I don't know Deliverance no I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not helping. No, no, I? I, it's very Bourne-esque uh, from from what I can see, and it's just these people doing clandestine operations in Russia in the in the Cold War '80s, which is kind of cool because everything looks and feels '80s. So there's no cell phones, there's no car, you know, there's no uh, computers in cars, and, and the the gear they have looks horribly antiquated, but it's what they'd have, you know. It's it's pretty cool. I. I that sounds cool. Yeah, um, it's on Fox or FX, so you know it's not going to last very long. But no, FX is okay. Yeah, but they, I, it's a cool what they're doing. I feel like what they're doing is trying to be very experimental. Like they'll yeah. do something way easier than other people will, but they'll also let go of it quick, quick. if it's not fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? So well, it's, Archer's constant, back on oh, FX, by the way. Oh, so. Have you seen it? Well, we that saw that episode, it at the Mexico yeah. one. We saw that at Comic Con. Uh, it's not a Mexico one. The one where they're down on the border? Huh. Isn't that the one they showed? No. Uh, the one they showed was a tip of the hat to Bob's Burgers. and Oh, no. And, okay. Uh, so we haven't. We have to go. Oh, and he go has amnesia. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, it's 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 good. I mean, oh, they have not well, lost. It's on stuff. the DVR. We had it set up. <laughs> Chuck and I were watching an old episode of Next Gen last night. Uh, which one was it? Uh, the Drumhead? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> one of the... Uh, Do you remember it? Oh, oh wait, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't the drumhead. It was uh, First Contact, the one where Riker ha- is like, uh, you know, he has the prosthetics to look like the alien because they're trying to do he surveillance an and, and do First Contact. With him. The, yeah, he gets in yeah. an accident and he wakes up. The beginning of the episode is when he's in the hospital, and they're like, "What is he?" You know, and he oh, has is this with the alien nurse who wants to do him? Yes, yes. yes. And it's played by Lilith from Cheers. Is it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did not remember yeah. that. Yeah, the IMDb trivia for it <laughs> says crap. that they were actually filming them almost at the same time. Oh so God. she had to like she had to run from the TNG like set in her makeup and everything. <laughs> with her like face prosthetics and go do the rehearsals for for Cheers. Like, awesome. This is very odd. I and they used to I'm make like, fun I'm of like, her. Who is that? I know. I did not remember that's who that was. Uh, it is awesome. Yeah, but the um, the guy I, I was just going to say the guy um, who played the like the head of the hospital or whatever. Um, he voices Archer's butler. He does. He has incredible We're like, that guy looks so Woodhouse? familiar. Yeah. Yes, he's Woodhouse. And then he's also been in like a billion, I think it's David, David Coe, C-O-E. He's been in like a billion geeky he's, things. Uh, he's voiced Wilfred like... Wilfred and yeah, Legend of Korra and right, Star Wars. He's voiced Wars. a whole bunch of awesome geek, 
you know, animated shows and, and video games. And- awesome. Uh, I mean, there's the talent is very cool. Archer is, yeah. especially when you start to and you start to hear them other places. Like it, the first time Mallory Archer showed up on Big Bang as Mrs. Latham. Oh yeah, and, you're, and she's like, "Don't touch that!" And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's Mallory Archer!" You know, uh-huh. and I'm I, I am to be like, I cannot be wrong about this. I know that voice. You know. Oh yeah. And you, I'm sorry. The worst you know. part: there's no sink in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> it's is awesome. I'm sorry. I, I, we got to watch that. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, if you've never watched Bob Bob's Burgers, some of the the initial five minutes of the episode will be lost on you. But it's really great when the KGB shows up, um, or ex KGB, I guess there. Uh, but uh, that's really cool. But you know, we mentioned earlier that uh, FX may not cancel the Americans. One show that has been canceled, however, has been Alphas. Uh, no. Really? No. Oh, crap. Really? Like they're not going to do the next season? Uh, Alpha, uh, yeah, I think, hold on, let me pull it up here. Uh, sci-fi, uh, Sci-Fi's drama Alphas is ending this run after two seasons. Sci-Fi has decided not to renew Alphas for a third season. The network said in a statement, we've been proud to present this entertaining, high-quality series for two seasons and to work with incredible ensemble of talented blah, actors. Blah, 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 yeah. How many blah, more episodes? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that sucks balls. Uh, yeah, the Are they going to have anything Alphas, left? Nope. It's just done. It's uh, from what they say. It's it's gone. They're ending it with the second season, which is the one that just finished. I have been so stoked. Chuck and I were watching that show, and just like waiting for it to come back. Because it was it's really awesome. going good places. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you're not going to get any. Especially more. the second season just kept getting better and better. Yep. And uh, it's uh, it's gone now. That's really disappointing. I, I feel wow. like, uh, but they're bringing back Dexter in June. Well, I don't, I don't yeah, watch Dexter. I don't, I don't have a you know comment yeah, on that. But like, yeah, I'm bummed out. I really, yeah, that's I all really the, liked Alphas. That's all the Alphas you're gonna get. Crap. Yeah, kind of. You know, they had a a really incredible cast, and uh, and and you know, led by uh, Stratham. I'm sorry, Stratham. Uh, Stratham. Stratham. Yeah. Um, and and holy crap, you know it was pretty solid. I you guys had prompted me to go and see the second season because after right. the first season I wasn't as hot on it. Uh, the second season it started kind of you know good, but not as good as it got at the end. Yeah, at uh, the it end got, it was incredible. Wasn't it got it? some really good stuff at the end, and and I was I was back on board, and then just you know that Nina storyline that was what like I was going to say that was out, the turning point. Yeah, holy crap! And you're like, oh, everything just yeah. got. 10 layers deeper and you're like whoa yeah i mean she's she it was really that 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 kind of brought it back for me and and the whole day because they could have easily made her uh, almost a throwaway character yeah i mean they really could have yeah and And, instead she became a deep character that deepened everyone else yeah and i was impressed with that i figured if uh, of any of the people that i would figure would be the linchpin for the rest of the story i wouldn't have pegged her but not so much, you know. They they took it in a completely different way than I thought. I, I was impressed with that. Um, but apparently, we're not going to get any more, at least right now. I mean, you never know in the future, but not so much. Well, you know what? I would still say um, for for people who haven't seen it or haven't seen oh, much it's of worth it, watching. I would say it's still worth watching because you know there are shows like that that got canceled. And oh, I yeah. I missed out on it or whatever, and yeah. I you know sometimes they're still worth going back and 
Well, and you could go and, and they might do a movie type thing like they did with Firefly, like they did with Farscape and all that kind of, or a, a miniseries that completes that story, Man. which always helps as far as I'm concerned. I have never yeah. seen one of those and, and went, you know, that really wasn't worth it. I have to admit, I, I kind of feel like I've gotten used to the, the potential ending and I don't feel like I'm screwed if they don't end that world. You know, like it's okay. They were heading in a particular direction and I imagine that world continues in that direction. And, you know, if we get to see it, great. But yeah. And uh, to be honest, I've never, uh, I've never really, I mean, it's cool, but when you get extra story with that, mm -hmm. I've always liked it. Oh yeah, I agree. No, I agree completely. So I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, on a happier note, did yeah, I'm sure you guys saw the uh, the Death Star petition and the response. Man, right? I was just going to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I had it pulled up. Yeah, oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah, so uh, you know you can you can create petitions on the White House website, and if you get a certain number of them, they'll respond to it. A certain number of like people uh, sign it like by clicking, right? They'll respond to it, and there have been some really crappy ones, like you know. Let's, uh, you know, let's do some really horrible things that nobody else wants to do. And they, or there was that one where a whole bunch of people wanted to deport, um, peers, uh, crap, what's his name? The, the, the host, the British TV host. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Bottom line is you get crap like that. Right. But, uh, one of the funny ones was people had, cr someone created one suggesting that the White House should construct a Death Star for the United States. <laughs> and, uh, it, of course, a oh, lot of I people clicked on it. Oh, I saw the tweet from Obama. Okay, that's what that was about. <laughs> You're like, why <laughs> the hell? Just like, I'm like, I don't why have is, the context why for is this. the president tweeting about the Death Star? It's awesome. So here's the best part. Um, they did make an official response. And uh, the, the title of the official response is, this isn't the petition response you're looking for. <laughs> uh, and it was written by uh, Paul Shawcross, who is the chief of science and space branch at the White House Office of Management and Budget, which is something you would never expect to be funny. I mean, you see a name like that and either it's a comedy show or you're like, really? I mean, you don't create a name like that without an incredible bu bureaucracy, right? <laughs> I love the three points. Did you get to three points? Yes. I'll read it if you want. Uh, the administration shares your desire for job creation and a strong national defense. But a Death Star isn't on the horizon, he wrote. Here are a few reasons. The, one, the construction of the Death Star has been estimated to cost more than 850 and then there are many zeros. Yeah, it's like 850 bazillion like dollars. Bazillion dollars, yeah. <laughs> Let's see, uh, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15 zeros after the 850. Uh, we're working, you, we're working it's hard It's a trillion, to, right? Uh, I think it's more than that. A million, billion, trillion, whatever comes whatever after comes that. Whatever comes after that. Quadrillion. Yeah. $850 quadrillion. <laughs> we're working hard to reduce the deficit, not expand it. Second point, the administration does not support blowing up planets. That is the most awesome ever. <laughs> but the third one is the best. The third one, why would we spend countless taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that can be exploited by a one-man starship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our budgetary needs are more around, you know, instead of a small moon, we could probably manage like a, a death a tennis pebble. ball. Yeah, a death yeah. tennis ball. That's probably our, our best mood there we could get but you know some really intense marbles or something <laughs> his wrap-up is incredible too and it's cited all over uh if you do pursue a career in in a science technology engineering or math field the force will be with us remember the death star's power to destroy a planet or even a whole star system is insignificant next to the power of the force 
That is awesome. It is. He actually goes on to talk about how in in the full response, which you should go read and it's easy to find. He talks about like uh, how we do have a, uh, you know, we are shifting toward a commercial space flight program and that it's it's blossoming. And there are these commercial uh, uh, space flight opportunities now and that there are incredible careers now outside of it's not just be an astronaut with NASA or yeah. nothing. Yeah. Now you can. You there can are get opportunities. It. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So and to be honest, that is something that I think brings another generation. I mean, because yes. when you were a kid, and I know especially you, where you yeah. were and all that kind of stuff, you could say, "I want to be an astronaut," and and have that whether it's something you want to pursue, but it was a dream you could have. Kids in the last couple years really didn't have that option. You know, because the astronauts were going away before they were ever going to be close. Yep. There really wasn't something they could point to and say that I want to do that with this country. You know, I mean, there's still, you know, Russian astronauts and there's some other things and there's the International Space Station, but not really a program or a group they could identify themselves with that or align their lives to that would say, you know what, we're going to be here when you're around. This is something you can shoot for. This is something you can be interested and do and pursue and have that kind of lifetime goal, you can't do that. Or, or There wasn't one of those. I think now you're starting to get some. I was really concerned uh, when we... It's sh- different, but you can get some. Yeah, when we shifted, and, and I talked about this on the podcast at the time, but when we shifted from you know a, a, a strong NASA-funded space program, per se, to commercial, commercialization and using our money to support commercialization... And and to support multiple access points to space instead of one, yeah, or one two. system, one, yeah, mission. This is all we're going to do. And I was concerned because I was scared that it would fail and that we would have nothing. And I am happy to say that this has absolutely one hundred percent not happened. Uh, what has happened is that we've seen uh, our first, you know, commercial launch to the space station already. You know, we've seen a full test of a of a manned orbital system, commercially driven entirely. Um, the The U.S. government has made with the uh, has made with the uh, contracts that they promised, and it is fully their plan to to contract this out. And people are uh, these vehicles are being developed to take those contracts as well as others. Uh, the kind you remember the guy who said he was going to create an inflatable space hotel and everybody thought he was crazy. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I, I remember it was a while back. I remember inflatable space hotel. He was like inflatable space hotel. Yeah. And people were like, "You are a crackpot," you know. Well, they launched. Uh, I, I can't remember if it's him or somebody else now, but I guess recently or in the next short time, I heard this on NPR this week. They are launching a small test addition to the. Um, uh, to the International Space Station, which is a small inflatable addition. And I think it's like, uh, I can't remember, 300 square feet. Or so. it's, uh, it's cubic meters. It's small, right? It's a bounce house. <laughs> yeah, but the trick is is that it's, a, it's essentially a test for a much larger one, which this company now is planning to launch in 2017 or something, uh, which is this station with two of these large versions hooked together. There. It all of a sudden it doesn't sound crackpot. You're like, you know, that's very reasonable to think by 2020 you have a space hotel. Why not? You know, you can launch these things. They're testing them. The systems in the past five years have gone from almost nothing to to replacing our space program. 
And, you know, back to what Sean, to wrap this around to what Sean was saying, which I think is incredible, and I'm so with you. When I was a kid, you wanted to be an astronaut. It's one job. Uh, we, uh, during the space, pro, during the, the height of the shuttle program, we had more astronauts than we ever have. And the core consisted of a few hundred. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, before that, it was like 10, 20, 6, you know? <laughs> And two guys, <laughs> yeah, a guy, you know, yeah. and that's it. And and now, instead of imagining that having this goal to be an astronaut, which is almost unachievable, you know, at that time, and then hopefully hanging on to that while that dream is you know crushed, and and move on to doing something related, right? Now there's there's this wide field. Instead of saying I want to go to space, so I'll be an astronaut. Now you can say I want to do something in in space technology. I want to do something related to you know to space. Whether like that's you do with, I want to drive a rover on Mars, or yeah. I want to design the systems that we're going to put. <laughs> he a, said I could drive a car on, on Mars. Mars. <laughs> oh right, okay, okay. Or yeah. I want to be a receptionist in a space hotel. Yeah, he'll like, be the first fry cook on Venus. You know, there's I, some granularity to it. You can make yeah. decisions based on what you'd like to do. I'm going to be a concierge in space. Yeah, why not? You know, why not? Have you seen the moon? Yeah, it's right out that window. You know, I, it's. But that kind of thing applies. I mean, the there are more opportunities there. And, and are they less sexy? It depends on how you look at them. You depends know? on what you want to do. Now, but it depends that. on what you want to do. If you're like, man, I want to be the hotel manager of that hotel. You know, that's the one I want. You know, what? and it's crazy ideas like that. And it's commerce and, and stuff like that that's going to push us to have a more of a reason to be in space. It's not just going to be one of those exploration type deals, which is great and noble and, and what Star Trek is based on. But we don't live in that world yet. I mean, we live in something that's a little bit different and there's more shades of gray. And it's important to realize that there has to be any time our, our civilization, like the some of the greatest explorations that we've ever had on this planet were because we wanted something that wasn't where we were. You know, and they, they, you know, we find a quicker passage. We find minerals or resources or, or all that kind of stuff. That's what really drives us as a race. And the reason, other than war, that we have the greatest expansion and the greatest ideas. Damn right. And there's a reason to do, go do that. You know, that's that's a lot more, I guess, um, economically sound and sustainable yeah. than let's do this for some crazy ass reason. This is a reason. You know, <laughs> no, we get well, it is. Let's I mean, put it this way. We got 20 or th- we got 50, I guess, years out of, uh, you know, out of Kennedy's speech. Right. And that's pretty much it. arguably 30 years. Yeah, it was a good speech, you know, 30 years out of it and then petered off to nothing. And we're waiting for the next Kennedy. And of course, lots of people have tried. Reagan said we were going to, you know, build build the space station and of course we did but not really the way he imagined and it certainly wasn't no kennedy you know speech and uh and bush tried to do it with we're gonna we're gonna go to mars and and of course then didn't fund any of it you know and and with this stick of gum <laughs> and a roll of quarters <laughs> it was more like mcgruber yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean you know and and i'm happy to see that that uh that 
we're not depending on that anymore. Well, Nobody's trying to be the next Kennedy. We're trying to make it more realistic. Well, yeah, but I mean, let's not depend on that at all. Can we? Can we not? I mean, it doesn't really matter that you're not a Kennedy. The fact is, like, hey, you want a ship? I can get you in space. <laughs> you want to? You want to go in space? This. I could go in space right now. <laughs> I got a ship back in my room. I got a ship back in the spaceport, man. We can make it up there. No, no, we're gonna do this crazy. Thing. We're gonna do it an extremely expensive and difficult and hard, and everybody's gonna have to vote, and there'll be, you know text this to space flight you know it I doesn't was, matter yeah i was i questioned it i i'm happy to say i was wrong this is great yeah this i mean there's thing. there's forward movement in this yes and it's it may not be what anybody expected but it is moving <laughs> i will take it yeah definitely you know i got a small piece of news that's really interesting about a, an upcoming movie that's in the works i mean they haven't made it yet but um, apparently about 10 years ago, there was an Israeli TV movie and uh, the, Ron Howard and J.J. Abrams are getting together to take this story and turn it into a movie called All I've Got. And uh, it's an American reboot. Um, the idea is, uh, well, I'll, I'll redo the, the thing here. Um, the premise is a young couple are madly in love and uh, the man dies in a car accident and the woman eventually has to move on. So she gets married, has kids, and lives a long, happy life. Uh, and she dies like 50 years later. Um, but then what happens is, in the afterlife, she's asked to make the choice. Uh, does she want to basically forget the life that she just lived, like this 50-year happy marriage and family and everything? She can go back and live her life over again with her first young lover, or she can stay in the afterlife and wait for the man that she built a family with to come join her in the afterlife. Wow. So she has like, I don't know if it works out where the afterlife is something that she can, I guess it's eternity, you know, like you can spend eternity with this person that you made your family with and had this wonderful life, or you can try to do it differently. And that's the choice that she has to make. And that's the only description that I have, but uh, it's called All I've Got, and it sounds like it'd be pretty cool, pretty interesting. I mean, it's one of those, uh, I think sometimes the best sci-fi is based on those human questions that are deep and would apply to any human being in any time in any culture, you know? I don't know, man. It seems pretty good. It seems pretty easy. It's like bank on happiness. It's You already had the happy. Let's just Let's just go with that. That, that's gonna work for me, but I don't know. It, that's it's a tough choice. It's I, an interesting premise. Win. It really is. But it's like, all right, now you had this awesome thing that was happy and everything worked out great. Do you want to go with that? Or do you want to roll this dice? <laughs> go with the dude who's you may not know. I don't know. It was like that other episode of uh, we've been watching some old track and we watched that old episode with uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one where. Uh, Picard starts with Picard getting shot with a you know a phaser. Oh, and tapestry. Tapestry, right? Great episode from season six. Yeah, he uh, you know, and he's he's essentially dying on the table, and he he meets Q in the afterlife, which sucks. Can you imagine? You know, oh. Q is and, and Q oh, puts man, him back. <laughs> and Q, Q puts him back in the academy days. Yeah, because the trick is he has this artificial heart, right? Because right. he had gotten in this fight with, with these the Nausicans, Nausicans yeah. and 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 they stabbed him through, right? And 
you know, and he goes back and he has an opportunity to fix it instead of being brash and stupid and getting in this fight and doing this stuff. He fixes it. He fixes that. He fixes some of his relationships. And he acts like Picard, you know, like 55 year old yeah. Picard in the Academy days yeah. and, and changes everything. And then he fast forwards and like sissifies him out. Yeah. And he's back on the bridge and he's like a, a relatively not unimportant, you know, science officer. Delivering reports and running tests with no prospects, no future, you know, no yeah. nothing. Even though he he's still take any him, risks. yeah. You know, nobody recognizes any of his abilities or any any of his stuff. And the part that for me always just makes that show, even though I know it's coming, it still makes it for me. That particular episode is that they're always, you know, you see this a couple of times. You see the event where the Nausicaan like runs him through. And as he runs him through, he like falls to his knees and he laughs. And it's very unpicard, you know, it's not something that you would expect. And and then of course at the end you find out that he goes back and fixes it and he he starts the fight and he does the thing and he gets run through and he looks down and he laughs because he knows he's fixing his life, even if he's gonna die. You know? And that's I don't know, that's really awesome. It seems applicable to this. Yeah, you know? and, and that's what I I think is so cool about those, like those questions that I said yeah. could apply to anybody. Cause I think people probably ever since humans have been around have wondered what if I could go back and do something differently or, or, or what if I had chosen differently, what would that be like? And you know, it's a very sci-fi trope to like yeah. explore that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, I think that there's a lot of promise with that story. Um, I mean, it already worked out for the Israeli movie, but and uh, look who's involved. I mean, let's face it, Ron Howard, J.J. Abrams. They can tell exactly. a story. Yeah. yeah. They can tell a story. A little bit of a successful history Pretty along effectively. those lines. M- you know, melding those two sounds really cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. That actually sounds fun. Uh, I have one more thing real quick. Uh, have you guys seen the uh, the stuff that Bob Ballard's doing with his, uh, uh, I think it's Project Jason and uh, his his Nautilus Live no type things. Uh, they have a whole series, and it's it, they update it uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's Nautilus Live. Um, they his boat, the Nautilus, is always doing all kinds of stuff, and he's always doing undersea exploration and and finding things and everything. Uh, but they uh, they did some stuff on the Black Sea. They did some stuff uh, around Turkey and everything, exploring uh, depths of the ocean that has previously been unattainable. Wow. Uh, stuff like, uh, you know, there's a layer under the Black Sea that uh, is so full of, I think it's carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide or whatever it is. Uh, I think it's carbon dioxide that nothing lives there. Nothing. Not even bacteria. Which means anything that sinks in that area will be almost perfectly preserved. Stuff like, I don't know, a 2,000 year old Carthaginian man. Wow. Uh, stuff from like old man, yeah, old (laughs) man. You know, when you see the when you they the the little submersible comes upon the wreck of the ship, you can still see the tool marks that were used to create the ship. Wow, um, stuff like that. Uh, everything's just perfectly in in, and but he updates this stuff, and uh, he does it for uh kids and adults both. And uh, explaining kind of what they found and what he learns about the planet. A lot of the previously undiscovered uh, life that we found in the last five years have come from this deep sea exploration stuff in the Nautilus program. uh, Where it's not just his boat, but it's his boat and other teams of boats all have this uh, satellite 
that they all communicate through. And you know how, like, you've got FiOS and stuff that's, you know, 100 gig or, you know, 100 meg a second or whatever. He's got close to a terabyte. Wow. A second. Wow. I mean, I don't even know how they do that. He's like, yeah, you can't even get this kind of communication. But uh, he sends his finds to scientists, what he calls the smartest people in the world, uh, almost instantaneously. And no matter where they are in the world, they can take control over the submersible. These uh, these people can and find, you know, these things about it, like the experts on Carthaginian, you know, uh, uh, pots and stuff like that. And, and what they might have done can from, uh, you know, modern day, the Middle East, they can do stuff from uh, across the world or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. And uh, all this information is shared, controlled, documented, videotaped and punched out of the web and in different scientific industries almost instantaneously. This is awesome, Sean. I mean, like, as you mentioned, I looked it up real quick and um, it looks like Ballard was looking for evidence of a massive flood, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like the biblical flood. flood Although that flood is told in a lot of different stories. It's not just in the old Testament. It's in the Epic of Gilgamesh and, and, you know, the Greeks and Romans had legends about it and stuff. And, it looks like they found uh, fossils of mollusks that they're dating back to like uh, 5,000 BCE. Yeah. And he's saying that um, they might have found uh, homes, like a whole bunch of uh, signs of civilization and things like that. And uh, they, they found houses that appear to be what they're calling pre-Greek. And it was a seaside culture that... Was just swallowed that we up. haven't studied before. Yeah, yeah I mean, we knew nothing the about were the it. earliest ones in that area that we knew. I mean, they are they're finding all kinds of stuff, and they've got these cool little highlight web clips that that you can you can just do, and it's like little digestible stuff. It's like, hey, you want to see something cool? Look at this. This is where we found it. This is who found it. This is what it is, and the significance that it might have to us in the scientific community, and what it might mean for you. Which is, I mean, it's pretty cool if you go back and watch some of these things. But it's uh, it's it's interesting to look at. I. I've taken to watching them as I as I eat lunch and stuff like Hell that. Hell yeah, it's cool. Is it, it always, Nat Geo? Is it? Uh, I don't know who sponsored it. I think it is. It's got something to do with Nat Geo, but uh, it's uh, I think it's Nautilus. If you Google Nautilus Live, you'll you'll okay. find with it with Bob Ballard. With Bob Ballard right, right, or Robert Ballard or whatever his actual first name is, uh, Bobby. But, well, yeah. I mean, he gets on. I mean, this dude has like seven PhDs. Like, hey, it's Bob. You know, I mean, he. You know, nice. I'm you know? Brian, <laughs> the Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's cool stuff. Check it out. Well, we are wrapping up. Audrey, you got anything to add? No, no. Just excited about uh, the, you know, oncoming March meetup, which is going to be sweet. And we keep uh, piecing together new things and it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. And, and I'm appreciative of Sean scoring that awesome hotel for, you know, a much more affordable rate than it normally is. And yeah, well, we had to go back and forth on that a little. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, though. I'm stoked. John? Don't forget to register. Go to the site. Register. Uh, what Audra said. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited about the meetup. If you've never been to one, um, you know what? It's a different experience every year. It is always full of interesting people. And the interactions that you get there will last a very long time, especially some of the people you meet. And the interactions that you, you have with those people that you meet will continue after you go home. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So uh, we enjoy the hell out of it, and we hope everyone else uh, will come and enjoy it with us. Absolutely. I can't really improve on any of that. We'll see you next week. 
On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers Soleil, form moderators Badgerspoon, Pike, and Frackentawas, GWC book club maven Casilda, and tech guru Juan Drew. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. We're always re-watching or group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash Encoder.